of you and your pets with mindfulness meditation the peditation companion by dr elizabeth page and joanne leslie introduction what are peditations after we spend some time together you not only know what peditations are but you'll be enjoying more your meditating and you and your pets will have more fun than you ever thought possible I know you can have fun while you meditate. How would you like to try to meditate with me, a geeky, scientifically-minded, quasi-Buddhist dog? That's exactly what's in store for you when you accompany me on my ride through the Peditation Companion. One day, about five years ago, Mom said to no one in particular, I'm going to try to meditate for about 10 minutes. I'll let you know when I'm done. Then she went into her bedroom and shut the door. In my face. Soft, soothing music floated from Mom's room as I whined and barked and didn't stop. And after it seemed like hours, she finally let me in. She looked so annoyed. How strange. She rarely got angry at me, and I couldn't think of anything I had done. Mom sat back on the bed. I had destroyed all her pillows and twisted up her bedspread, so it would take her forever to figure out where everything belonged, but doing it was so much fun. Her eyes were closed, and it looked like something was horribly wrong. Why was she so mad at me? She was clenching her jaw and scrunching up her forehead. I didn't even know if she knew I was there. I jumped into her lap and licked her face. Mom sighed. I've been trying to meditate. My doctor says I should quiet my mind and try to focus my attention on my breath. But it's so frustrating. My mind is all over the place. First it's on the laundry, the mountain of dirty laundry in the other room. Next, it's what to cook for dinner and the shopping I still have to do. Then it's the episode of the Big Bang Theory I watched yesterday. I just can't focus on my breath. Mom started petting me gently on my belly, softly moving her hands in circles. It felt so good that I started to fall asleep. I watched her, and she seemed so much happier. Ten minutes later, a timer went off. I looked at her face. It seemed to be lit up. From ear to ear, a huge grin appeared and her big brown eyes twinkled. Her whole face looked softer. Finally, she looked content. I just meditated for 10 whole minutes. It was so much easier to pay attention to your fur than to focus on my breath. I never realized how soft you are. I shifted in her lap and looked into her eyes. She asked, could the other meditations I've been trying to do be easier if I focused on you? Her smile grew even broader. The gratitude meditation is supposed to be one of the most important practices, 
but it's hard to come up with something that I'm grateful for every time. I'm always grateful for you. She gave me a little kiss on the nose. Her face looked more relaxed. It would be easier to say loving kindness phrases while focusing on you to start with than beginning with myself the traditional way. I know I have unconditional love for you. I smiled. And it's particularly important to stay in the moment with you when I take you for a walk. Pago, I think we're on to something. Meditating with your pet. Let me think. What if we called the meditations peditations? I looked at her, trying to show her the love I felt for her in my face. Little was I to know how much peditations would shape our lives. I'm a skipper key. You can see that I'm absolutely adorable. When we go out walking, some people call me a fox, some a bear, but they always smile. I was walking down the street with mom yesterday when a mother and young child, both with matching blonde hair and blue eyes, stopped the car to get out and have a look at the hot belly pig. How embarrassing. Alexander was my birth name, but I go by Pago. Mom named me after Pago Pago, the capital of American Samoa. She traveled there to study the health of the native Samoans and thought it would be a great name for a dog. Seven years ago, when I was six months old, mom came to a dog show where I was being shown to see if she wanted me to join her family. The judge told Diane, my breeder, that I was a gangly adolescent and needed to grow up. I was horrified. What if my new adoptive family overheard the judge and didn't want me? I wanted so much to win the show to prove how valuable I was. But oh my, I didn't even win my group. That turned out to be my lucky day, though. As soon as I saw my new mom, I knew she was the right one for me, and I just knew I'd never feel insecure again. I pulled away from Diane and did a running leap into mom's arms. It was love at first sight. She was the perfect match. I believe that things happen for a reason, and our family was meant to be together. Looking back at photographs from that time, I guess the judge might have been right. My head looks like it was a little bit too big for my body, but I did grow into it nicely, if I do say so myself. My little sister Pippi is also a skipper key. As mom has on her refrigerator, skipper keys are like potato chips. You can't have just one. She took this literally, the story of our lives. Pippi turned three on January 21st. She can be a nuisance, but I do love her. Yesterday, Mom came home and let Pippi out of her cage first. Pippi jumped into mine and dragged me out by my face. Mom said it was because Pippi loves me and misses me, but I think it's just that she wants to be the boss of me. She also insists on chewing up all my toys so I can play only with them when Mom is around. Even so, Pippi and I have a lot of fun playing together, especially boxing in Pippi's skipper key style, standing up with our front legs in the air. We also chase each other around the living room. The first day of furniture arrived and was set in place in our new Sacramento townhouse. We devised an obstacle course using Mom's lavender couches and black easy chairs. 
and of course the newly carpeted stairs. Just to be fair, I do give Pippi her turn to be the pursuer. First thing in the morning is when we do most of our running around. This works out well because it leaves lots of time for mom and me to focus on our writing at night while Pippi sleeps peacefully next to us. Norman, our feline brother, watched through his bright yellow eyes from the green perch mom put on top of the bookshelf just for him. He's a grumpy gray tabby cat with a white chest, hair coming out of his ears, and long white whiskers. He's as big as Pippi. Norman spends most of his time eating, sniffing catnip, or sitting and grooming himself. From his cushion, Norman can see inside the living room, up the stairs, and outside the front courtyard. When he's content, his dark gray ears are forward, his tail is straight up in the air, and he purrs quietly. But typically, especially when he's interacting with Pippi or me, Norman's ears are slightly back. His pupils are so constricted that you can barely see the black. His tail is curled under him, and he has a grumpy look on his face. Although I don't like to admit it, Norman is really the boss of the house, even more so than Pippi. Norman gets to eat whatever and whenever he wants, and he sharpens his razor claws on Mom's favorite black folk couch. Mom lets her do it without even the slightest reprimand. Three years ago, when Norman first joined our family, Mom turned on the PET scan petitation, hoping that Norman, like the rest of the family, would sit on her lap and petitate with her. Not Norman! He just got up, rolled his eyes, twitched his striped tail, and pranced out of the room. Mom frowned for a moment before I jumped up on her lap and we continue with the peditations. Along with playing, we spend a lot of our free time listening as mom reads us interesting research studies. Just the other day, she told us about a research study that analyzed a combination of several studies focusing on the amazing things that meditation can do to contribute to the meditator's happiness and well-being. I love hearing about science, and if I do say so myself, I'm quite adept at learning it. Pippi seems more interested in finding mom's socks and chewing holes in them, or playing with her quote-unquote indestructible toys. But Norman always seems to be around when mom is reading. How did the Peditation Companion come to be? And why am I the one writing it? Mom was walking with her friends Stacy and Ginger, Stacy's French bulldog. I kind of have a crush on Ginger, but that's neither here nor there. Both Stacy and Ginger were experiencing terrible anxiety and were depressed after Stacy and her girlfriend broke up. Mom gave them the password so that they could download and experience the meditations. We met Stacy and Ginger on the walk again a week later, and they were singing the praises of the program. They both found the pet skin and the basic meditation especially calming and relaxing. They reported that they slept better at night when they practice the meditations right before going to bed. The thought occurred to me that one of those, in one of those aha moments, someone had to organize the stories, research, and Buddhist underpinnings into one fun book. We could call it The Peditation Companion. Why shouldn't I be the one to write it, as I spend the most time practicing the meditations and listening to the discussions about the relevant research on Buddhism and meditations. 
And given that I struggle to eavesdrop on the so many of mom's conversations, both in person and on the phone, I certainly understand the human struggles and the impact the meditations can have on mom's life and the lives of the people around her. Most importantly, of course, I love meditating with mom. In each of the following chapters, I will introduce you to at least one meditation that we will go through on the podcast. The meditation companion describes 10 meditations. Notice the list describing the way to practice each of the meditations. We hope you learn from the science and quasi-Buddhism and take delight in reading about our adventures. You can see pictures of Pippi and Pago on our website, meditationsplus.com. P-E-T-I-T-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-L-U-S dot com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week. If you want to get a copy of the Meditation Companion, you can get it from Amazon.com. The music for this podcast was composed and recorded by Natalie Hagwood on cello and Casey Lipka on string bass.